Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Believe in Lions. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions, right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined by the always magical, the always fantastic, the all-pro safety, Glover Quinn. What's up? Not too much, just enjoying the anticipation of the week, thinking there's always hope throughout the week and then Sunday sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but for now I'm happy I'm hopeful we've got the sunglasses on until the Lions embarrass me so much I take them off it's good it's all good hey man it was just another week man it's another week another opportunity man to be great or it's another opportunity like you said to be upset and hopefully this week the Lions don't upset us Hopefully, hopefully, because there are a lot of upset fans out there to the point that Sheila Hamp, Sheila Firestone Ford Hamp, she had to come out and talk to reporters and it was only for four, five, six minutes, but she had to put out the statement that we believe that we've got the right people in place. This was a teardown from the beginning. It's a rebuild now. It's going to take time. And so historically lions ownership hasn't always come down to give those speeches and to talk to the media like that. But at the same time, the last time that happened, it was one final confidence in Matt Patricia. And we all know how that worked out. So how are you feeling after Sheila came down, talked to reporters and also had to deliver a vote of confidence? Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all your sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's BL. E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. I mean, that's, you know, that's standard, I guess. You know, when I was there, honestly, I saw the Fords a lot when I was there. They When Coach Caldwell was there, I mean, they came around a lot. 
Okay. Um, so, but just think about how cool, first of all, think about how cool and fortunate you have to be for your name to be Sheila Firestone Ford. Like, we all know where Firestone come from, right? Like, yeah. those are the tires. So you married somebody that was the tires and you're the Fords. Like, yikes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's just one of those things, right? You come down you because you, you know that the, the record isn't what um, everybody anticipated, everybody expected, everybody wanted. And I think it's kind of one of those things where you now you come out and you say it's a rebuild. Yeah, you're going to say that when we're one and five, right? Was it a rebuild the whole time? Could have been, but you still want to win in the process of the rebuild, right? So now that you're not winning – now you got to justify why, you know, you're not going to fire Dan Campbell and, um, you know, Brad Holmes, right? Um, it's just one of those things where you can't always run and fire somebody. Sometimes you have to stick it out, and it may not be popular to the fans. It may not be what they want, what they expect, because everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to be considered relevant. Everybody wants these different things. But at the end of the day, if you're turning down to rebuild it, well, then it's gonna take some time. You're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take some time to get the right pieces in there. And if you feel like you got the right people, you just got to stick it out, and hopefully, you can get some wins on the way to the rebuild because it's gonna be very difficult to justify. You know, you won three games last year, and they all came at the end of the season. And now you're off to an amazing one and five start and with injuries and just things going on. I don't, I don't, I don't see a win uh, in the near future. All right. So it's very difficult to continue to say these things and you look up and you've played three seasons and you've won five games or, you know, six games. It's kind of hard to just be like, well, we're still rebuilding. The fans don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that because they want to they want to see winners. So it's good she came down and talked and kind of put that out there. But at the end of the day, I mean, what does it change? It doesn't change anything. They're still gonna call for his head if he's not winning. They're still gonna you know they're still gonna want to see something done if they're not winning. They're not going to be happy. They're not going to want to come to the game. They're like, it's going to be like winning solves it all. Whether you say you say what you want to say, winning is going to solve it all because they're going to say, all right, well, Sheila, if this is what we're going to do, lower the ticket prices then. Mm. Like, don't make us play top dollar for the tickets when you're rebuilding. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, lower the ticket prices so yeah. that we can still come to the game, but we're not expecting to pay what it would cost us to go and, see. you know what I'm saying? It would be stuff like that where it's just like, we want to see winners. And, you know, you, like I said, you're glad she comes out and, and she says something. Um, and she's a sweetie, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, fans want to see a winner. And, you know, if they feel like Dan's the right guy and Brad's the right guy, well, then, yeah, the fans want to stick by him too, but they also want to see wins as well. And I think there's just so many different things that are coming to a head with Sheila having to give this 
statement, this little speech. Part of it is we got overexcited with Hard Knocks. Before Hard Knocks, we were pretty reasonable expectations. It was, you know, we're, we're hoping for an improvement, gradual improvement. That's what we want to see. And then Hard Knocks happened and just everyone gets excited. The national media starts talking about the Lions as a sleeper team. When the reality is, at this point, we were clearly not that close to being a sleeper team. Also, Lions don't didn't have the best cap heading into this season because of previous contracts that they're still shedding from old regimes, still paying money to former players. But I think with Dan Campbell, this will be his second year. You gave Matt Patricia three years. And part of that, too, was a lot of fans wanted Matt Patricia out after that second year. They were done with him. And it was still Martha at the time. Sheila was starting to come into her ownership role. But at the time, it was, hey, we know what's happening right now. And we're not impressed with it either. And we empathize and understand why you want to fire Matt Patricia. But we want to see this through. And so we're going to give them one more chance. And I think people want to make that comparison, Patricia to Dan Campbell far too often when Patricia was hired under the premise that nine and seven, isn't good enough. And Campbell was hired to build, build a new culture for the team. So I think fans are really just looking at two sets of numbers and saying, well, he's worse than Patricia. This is awful. Yeah, I, I I think exactly what you're saying. They were hired for different reasons. Yeah. Patricia, like you said, he was hired because they said nine and seven wasn't good enough. He had a good roster, had good quarterbacks, good wide receivers, good runners, good O-line. They got better. D-line, he had a solid roster. What Dan Campbell has been brought in to do is to fix the firestorm. So the roster isn't the same as what Matt Patricia inherited. So it's totally different. When you've been used to winning nine games, you're expecting the coach to come in and get you to 10 or 11 not turn nine into three, right? But when you've been used to winning three games, you feel like, all right, we need to rebuild. So it may be some time before we can win nine games again because it's going to take time for us to get rid of a lot of those players and bring in some of our new players and build our system and do all these different things. So it's a different premise. Yes, the record is what it is, but at the end of the day, Dan Campbell came into a worse situation than Matt Patricia did, right? You look at what Coach Caldwell did. He came in behind Jim Swartz, right? And the thing that we had in 2000, at least my first year here, 2013. So Coach Caldwell came in and took that same roster, added a couple of pieces, and we won 10 games the next year. Made the playoffs, right? That's the difference. How do you come in as Matt Patricia and take a roster that's been winning nine games consistently, been, you know, fighting to get in the playoffs consistently, and then you only can win three games? That's tough. 
for Dan Campbell, he brought some excitement back to something that was super low in excitement. Like nobody was excited with the lines following the Matt Patricia. Like nobody was excited. So Dan Campbell reignited some excitement. It's just going to take some time for him to get the roster right to get some wins because you guys got to, you see, guys got to stay healthy. So what that means is you got to have depth because you're going to get injured in the NFL. So that's when you talk about constructing. It's not about getting a star player. Yeah, you got to have good players, but you got to have a multitude of good players behind the good players so that when one guy goes down, there's other guys that can step up. When one guy's not having a great game, another guy can have a great game and you can still find ways to win. But we we put so much pressure on DeAndre Swift. I'm on Ross St. Brown. When those guys don't play, it's very difficult for them to win. Right? It's very difficult for them to win. Whereas you got to look at some of these teams that can find ways to win without their star wide receiver or without their star running back. You have to be able to find ways to win those games. So you got to take time to build that roster. Exactly. And we can see that slowly happening, right? Because the offensive line, we've lost multiple starters for multiple games and it's just kept clicking through. We've built up the depth there, but we don't have the depth in the secondary. We don't have the depth on the defensive line, the linebackers. And we thought we had depth at wide receiver, but then Jamison Williams doesn't come back as quick as some people had hoped. DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown missed time together. So it just makes sense, right? Those star pieces, in my opinion, those are what take a good team, a solid team to greatness. When you land a Vaughn Miller as the Buffalo Bills, you go from a really, really strong roster to now having that guy that can win the game for you. But if Vaughn Miller's on the Broncos like he was last year, he can't win that many games for you because the team's not good enough. And so I am with you. The Lions just have to keep building and I know people want to make sweeping changes, but I think that's just a reactionary move to being unhappy based on preseason expectations, which were unrealistic as we've come to find out. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I think they were realistic for the Lions fans, but like I say, when you look at things on a national level, you know, so yeah. I said this way back when we first started doing this, right? When you look at the team from a national standpoint, when you get outside of your bubble, when you look at the team from a national standpoint, we always—I I was saying the same. Who's going to be the playmaker on defense? Who is? Who are the superstars? Right? Who am I buying tickets to go and see? That's the name of the game, right? It's entertainment. It's high-level football. Who am I buying tickets for? Am I buying tickets to go see Jared Goff? Am I buying tickets to go see who? Who am I buying tickets to go and see? That's the thing, right? When you think about Detroit Lions, who are the playmakers, right? When you look at and, – and, but we're not the only team. When you look at the team, like the Patriots, who who are the, who are the guys? They don't – I mean, you look at their wide receivers, you don't know any of those guys from a national standpoint, yeah, if you're into football, you may know Devontae Parker, but for you, like who, you, you see what I'm saying? Um, so I always felt that way about the Lions. 
yeah, the hype was there, but I was always skeptical about who's going to be our playmakers because at the end of the day, it's a playmaking league and everybody is good. So if you got teams that got stars and they got good players, nine times out of 10, they're going to win in the long run over a team that just got some good players, but they don't have any stars. They don't have anybody that can just take over a game. Like you say, Von Miller goes to Buffalo. So you put a good player on a really good team. So now Von Miller isn't expected to go and play and win the game for four quarters. But he is expected when he get in there in the fourth quarter to end the game. Sacks, pressures, all, and we see it week in and week out. Von Miller is coming through in the clutch and making big plays. That's because he has great players around him that they can do things a majority of the game, and then when you forget about Von, he makes plays. But if you put Von, like you said, on a team where he has to be the focal point, play in, play out, fighting the double teams, doing all these different things, he's not going to have the same impact. And I feel as though there are two Lions that are in that conversation on the entire team where you can say they can take over a game. And it's Swift right. and it's St. Brown. But even mm -hmm. then, St. Brown's still young. He's still learning. And then he goes down with the ankle. And right. then DeAndre Swift, he is electric. He's a, not quite a veteran. He's still young, but he's proven hey, I can take over a game single-handedly, and then he gets multiple injuries. And so I'm starting to wonder, because they're not rushing Jamison Williams back. They've said he's not going to be back to practice for at least another month. They're hopeful he'll play this season. So they're being very cautious with him, even with the injuries at wide receiver. They've been cautious with DJ Chark, who we thought was just a low ankle sprain. Maybe he misses a week, maybe two. Now he's on IR. That's going to be at least six games he misses. Romeo Aquara hasn't come back to the field yet from the Achilles. So with the Lions being extra conservative with all these players and their injuries, do you think that's because they're a team that's not winning? Or do you think that this is just who the Lions are, that they're going to take care of their players coming off of injury rehabbing and make sure that there is no shot of re-aggravating anything? Well, I think at this point it's a win-win or it's a both and both. It doesn't really matter either way how you ever you look at it because of the situation that the Lions are in and because of how the situation could be. Because if those guys were injured and you were still winning games, there's no need to rush them back, right? Because you've got a good enough team that you can continue to win games while those guys get completely healthy because we know we're going to need those guys down the stretch, right? But we are not winning games. And now those guys are injured. And when you look at the magnitude of the injuries and you look at where we are as a team, you know, if we were a team that was four and four right now or three and three right now or four and three kind of right there in that middle, we'd probably be looking at different scenarios with these guys just because you're in the mix. Right. You're in the mix to be able to make something happen. We just got to get guys healthy. Yeah, we don't want to rush you back before you're completely healthy. But we're in the mix and we can make a run right now. You're not in the mix. You're out of the mix. Right. So when you look at Jamison Williams, I mean, they've already played what five. They play six games, seven games. This is what week eight right now. Week, week seven. eight. We've, week eight. We've played six games because of the bye. Right. So this is week eight. 
if he's not practicing for another month, that means you're he's not practicing, he's not practicing until December. Right? End of November, December is when he first started practicing. At that point, I mean, just say the lines go two and two the next month. They're gonna be three and seven, right? They're not going to be in the playoff run. What's the point of putting him out there in mid-December to play two or three games when he can just take this whole year to just get completely healthy, take the whole offseason, get completely healthy, and just start fresh next year? Now, what's going on with DJ Chark and those guys? I don't really – I don't know. Romeo, I mean, they paid Romeo to be there. Like – like you're not you're not giving us anything being hurt, and I don't know what's what's going on with Romeo. So it's hard for me to whatever. But I do feel like when you look at some of these teams, especially if I'm a coach and I know that the, that the owners have given me uh, time to rebuild, they've given me a year. Well, then yes, health is going to be your best friend. So rushing Romeo back in a situation like this just to try to get you two or three wins in this type of season is not worth him being completely healthy and helping you get eight, nine wins in next season. It's just the fans aren't going to like it. People aren't going to like it. But you got to be able to see the bigger picture if that's what we're really trying to do. And that's what I've started wondering as the season's gone on because Achilles tears are different. We can't just assume, well, Jeff Akuda came back early. Romeo should too. No, that's not fair. That's not how injuries work. And at first, it sounded, oh, you know, maybe he could come back end of October, Romeo Aquara. Now I'm starting to wonder if we see him at all, if we see Jamison Williams at all. But we've talked about the management side, how you want to protect your players, you want to gear up for next year. What about the player side of it? Because you're a competitor, you want to be out there. So if you're Jamison Williams, if you're Romeo Aquara, if you are healthy enough, but with, even with two, three games left, is there any way that you can force your way onto the field or how does that dynamic work? I mean, I think as a player, you want to play. And if you feel like you're healthy, if you feel like you're healthy enough, then of course you want to get out there and play. I think as a coach and as a player, sometimes you got to, you got to protect yourself from you. Right. So yes, James, and I know you want to get out there, but at the end of the day, what's two games going to do for you this year other than put you in a situation where you can get hurt again at the end of the season, right? I mean, ACLs for skilled guys, you know, Achilles for anybody, but especially pass rushers, guys that are pushing off all the time, you know, having to have that, that base, that anchor to be strong, to, to fight huge O-linemen and make, moves and cut like those those body parts are very 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 important and you know for them to be completely healthy is good it's going to give you a better chance to play better so i think like i said if you're not in the midst to make a playoff run and you've and you're secure as a coach if you're not secure as a coach then you're trying to get every win you can get hey man i don't care if you can play one game i need that one win that might keep me here right but if you feel secure as a coach already that you know hey we're going to be back next year well then you get later in the year you're going to hold that guy out no point of coming back and 
risking hurting it again when I can just get you out the season and let you start fresh. You know, the only problem is when you come talk about players, especially for Romeo and guys like that, you're not getting any younger, though. So, yeah, you might have, you know, you didn't play this year from a physical standpoint. You didn't get take the legs and you heal, but you still got older. So you went from I don't know how old he is either, but you go from 30 to 31. That's a difference. You go from 33 to 34. That's a difference. Right. For Jameson, don't really matter. You go from 21 to 22 or 22 to 23. That stuff doesn't really matter. But for Romeo, who's been in the league for a few years, you still lost a whole year. So that plays a little bit into it. And it's interesting to see how teams handle different injuries now, how some coaches are more conservative than others. And the Miami Dolphins seem as though they're going to be one of those conservative teams going forward after the Tua Tagovailoa concussion situation, which was terrifying. Tua's back. And the Dolphins did a great job of protecting him. Offensive line didn't allow him to get touched once. He was barely under pressure. Dolphins took care of Tua. Tua, on the other hand, Tua didn't take care of Tua. Tua does not take care of Tua. Tua's lower in the shoulder. He's diving for the first down. And oh, I you're conflicted because you love to see the dog in the players. You love to see them fighting for every inch, but Tua, no, you can't do that. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, like I said, as a fan, as a player, I'm sure as a family, you cringe every time you see him going and and doing that. Right. But as a player, you know, you know, your body, man, you know, and you, you just playing, you, you can't go out there playing fearful. You can't go out there playing halfway. If you're going to play, you got to go and play. Yeah, you want to do things to protect yourself. But I think he's just trying to win football games. And he don't have a problem putting his body on the line. He don't have a problem, you know, risking himself. Um, You want to be smarter to us. It's a business. They need you out there. They haven't won a game without you. And they haven't lost one with you. So they need you out there. Um, But when you're out there playing a game, man, sometimes things just happen. And, you know, that that was kind of nerve-wracking but also funny at the same time to see Tua trying to drop the boom on a couple guys it was much funnier once he got up and you knew he was okay but like you said it's just one of those in the moment things coaches will harp on players don't leave the ground don't hurdle you're gonna get hurt don't extend the ball don't extend the ball you're gonna fumble and then in the heat of the moment you do it and if it works out ah, everyone forgets about it anyways but with the Lions facing Tua because he's not a rusher. He has only run eight times this year, but we've seen how mobile he is. To his number one strength, though, is his accuracy. He is pinpoint. He is number three in deep accuracy. He leads the NFL in yards per attempt. So is this just the same conversation we have week after week where how are the Lions going to contain Tua and slow this defense or slow this offense down yeah i mean it's same thing it's the nfl is good players week in and week out every week you're playing somebody um and so to uh i mean he's number three in deep accuracy yeah like and he got guys that can go and get it you know they're playing a healthy wide receiver core tyreek hill is gonna be there Jalen waddle is gonna be there like those guys can run. They can go and get the ball. And so 
it's going to be another tough week for the, for the Lions. It's just, it just is. You know, they've been playing well um, somewhat last week, but this is a different type of offense, different type of guys. You know, if you ever if, if you ever needed Aiden, you're going to need him this week. But we're saying it every week. You know, we're saying it every week. The thing that, like I said, when you're that – when you know you're playing these guys, you know the ball's going to be up in the air. So as a safety, you're going to have opportunities to make plays. You just got to make them. You do, you do. And against this offense, which I think is probably the fastest in the NFL, because Tyreek Hill might be the fastest player in the NFL, Jalen Waddell is right in line with him. And then Raheem Mostert has broken back out as one of the fastest running backs in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just super interesting to watch this offense play with Tua because he's got the pinpoint accuracy. He can hit you deep, but they haven't done that as much as you would think having Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Instead, they're doing a lot of shorter passes and letting Hill and Waddle run after the catch, which absolutely terrifies me based on the way the Lions have tackled this season. Right. That's and that's except that's for one Akuda. Of those things. Except for Akuda. Akuda has tackled well. Um, the thing is, you know, when you get those, those guys that are really fast, right, sometimes you, you tend to play off of them as a defensive back because you want to prevent them from running past you. You want to f- prevent them from being able to throw the ball 60, 70 yards in the air and, and, and scoring touchdowns. So when you play back off of them, then they're going to throw the ball short. So then when you have dynamic runners, you can throw the ball short and they can take a five-yard gain and turn it into a 60, 70, sometimes take it all the way to the house. So that's what you see. So it's kind of pick your pausing, right? When you start getting up on those guys, then now they want to take shots deep. So you got to be, you know, if you're going to force them to throw it underneath, you got to commit to being great tacklers of the football. Everybody has to, 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 to be committed to it because tackling like this in the NFL is very difficult. And, you know, being able to tackle these great runners in space is hard. It's hard. And it's not a one person thing. It's going to take everybody. And so everybody got to be committed to getting these guys down if they catch the ball. They really, really do because this offense is just one cut and every player, it seems like they're kind of gone. Have you ever faced an offense with this type of speed? Because I know you've talked about Deshaun Jackson being one of the fastest you faced. He and Tyreek seem to have similar skills, but as Marlon Humphrey would say from the Ravens, Tyreek Hill is built like a thumb. He is just thick right i mean those guys are fast those guys are fast and tyree hill is is fast he's tough he's a strong runner you know you know he's not a big guy but like you say when you're when you're short like that when you're compact like that and you got muscle you know those guys are tough tackle he's a running back type body in the wide receiver you know i'm saying role so you know have i ever played against somebody uh, offense like that type of speed um I don't know, man. I mean, I played in a lot of games. I can't remember who, you know, <laughs> have I played against fast guys? Of course. You play against fast guys week in, week out. Do you play against the fastest guy in the league every week? No. But all these guys are fast. You know what I'm saying? 4-3 is very fast. 4-2 is unreal fast. But just offenses that know how to operate and move quickly and guys that maybe play faster than they really are. Like, these offenses are prolific. They do all types of things. So, have I played against some of that stuff? Of course. And they're difficult, right? Um, so hopefully the Lions understand the type of game, the type of speed, and 
they can find ways to slow them down from a defensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, you slow the game down. Just different things they can do. But I don't think they want to get in a shootout with those guys. No, that's going to be tough. A shootout versus a team of that caliber with a quarterback like that. Certainly tough. And with the Lions facing Tua this week, because there was the big debate a couple years ago. Do the Lions take a quarterback? Should they take Tua Tugavaloa at three? Should they take Justin Herbert at three? Instead, they go with Jeff Akuda. And I'm just wondering, is that something that anyone on the Lions is thinking about other than maybe Jeff Akuda? <laughs> nah. Because it's a new franchise, it, right? They're not yeah, thinking about they're not, they're not thinking about that. I yeah. mean, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe Akuda just wants to show up the guy drafted later than him to say, hey, I deserve to be here. But right. that's the exa- oh. answer I expected. So hopefully hopefully Akuda goes out and get a couple interceptions this week. Oh, can you imagine? That would be fantastic. C- coming off one of the best run defense games by a corner ever. Coming, off and coming in and getting a couple of picks, that would be great. As for the Lions offense versus the Dolphins defense, This is going to be interesting because as tricky as the Dolphins offense is, their defense is one of the weirder, more confusing, harder to plan against in the NFL. We've seen them fluster quarterbacks from Kenny Pickett on on Sunday night to Lamar Jackson when they were doing the all-out blitzes. And it seems as though it's a different game plan every week based on the quarterback that they're going to be facing. So what... Should we be thinking about this Lions team? Are we worried about golf against a defense like this? I think, I think, you know, like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with the respect that guys give to the Detroit Lions. You know what I'm saying? You know that they can they can put up points in certain situations when they have their guys. But if I'm coming in as a as a defense, it's like, okay, we don't want to let these guys get going. We don't want to give these guys any hope, right? Hey, man, if they don't have this guy or that guy, we know we have Xavier Howard, who is a, you know, lockdown corner. We got these guys. We got, you know what? Hey, let's go put some pressure on these guys. Let's go all out blitz them. Let's go see if they can, you know, we shut down the run game and this, this, and that and force them to throw the ball to our best corner and see if they can handle the pressure, right? So sometimes you get those game plans. Um and depending on who the Lions have healthy, who's out there playing, I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like that because you can't sit back and let them stay in the game because we all know it's the NFL, right? Anybody can beat you any given day. So if I'm going on the road, I think the Lions are at home this week, right? They've been on the road. Uh, no, they, they might be on the road they in Miami. Be, I think they might be in Miami, actually. Yeah, I think they're in Miami because they had to bind and they had two away games, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Now, now they're coming into your house. You're definitely gonna have that mentality of we're not. Well, they gonna are at you. home. Okay. They're they're at home. Yeah, lines are okay. home. So then they're coming into your house and they're gonna try to feel make you feel like okay, we got to come bring the pain to you guys. We got. I wouldn't be surprised if they're all out blitzing early in the game because of them having Xavier Howard to match up with any of the Lions wide receivers and just to put the pressure on those guys and not give them a chance. And, and, and hopefully, you know, you can come out and score a couple points offensively and then get them flustered, you know, 
and put the game away in the first quarter is kind of what you would want to do. And hopefully the Lions are ready for that. Hopefully they are, because Jared Goff, when he faces immense pressure, it can be one of the tougher scenes as a quarterback. Talking about a team that is generating immense pressure and getting even stronger, Philadelphia Eagles send a fourth-round pick to the Chicago Bears for Robert Quinn. Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks last year, just absurd. That is a team that is all in on a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, you know, shout out to my cousin. Robert, Robert Quinn is actually my cousin. Really? Um, yeah. Um, shout out to him, man. He's been doing it for a long time, and now he just got traded from a, a, a awful team in Chicago. Uh, I love Allen Williams, who's the D coordinator. That's my uh, old defensive back coach. I love him, but uh, the Chicago Bears, this is not going to be their year. Although they are showing some flashy, they played well against New England the other night. Um, but to get traded from that team to an Eagles team that's 6-0, they're leading in, in, in the NFL and, and to add him to an already, you know, strong defense, strong defensive line unit. Those guys are going all in. They're trying to win it. They see and sense, you know, smell blood in the water and they're going after it and it worked out for them. So I, I, I see nothing wrong with this move from the Eagles. I think it makes them a better team. I think it strengthens their defense. It gives them better pass rush. You know, it's going to help Darius Slay and those, you know, Bradbury on the back end. They're going to probably make more plays. Those safeties, they're going to have more opportunities because of the pass rush that you're going to get. So I think that's a, a brilliant move by the Eagles to add somebody like a Robert Quinn. When you talk about a pass rusher, he's somebody that you can just place in there the first game and he can be ready to go. Right. When you start getting receivers or, you know, different type of skill guys. You know, it takes them a little while to learn the scheme, learn all the different things that they have to do to be on the same page. But a pass rusher, you just put him out there and you're going. Yeah, you may have to learn. Uh, I mean, he probably understands the stunts and this and this and that, right? He knows that stuff. He's been doing it for a long time. So you just put him out there and let him go to work. So I think he's going to fit in perfectly with those guys. He's been an outside guy in Chicago, so I don't think the weather is going to bother him when it gets cold in Philly. So I think it's a brilliant move by the Eagles. I agree. And it's always fun to see teams add to a strength because they've already got one of the best defensive lines in football and just adding to it, making it better, making it even tougher to defend Eagles really going on a run. And Kansas city's done something similar. Their wide receiver isn't necessarily a strength, but their passing game is the explosive playmaking ability is. And so they trade a third and a sixth for Kadarius Tony, who was playing on the New York Giants, but had kind of fallen out of favor with the new staff. So Kansas City, they're adding to a strength on their offense, whereas the Packers, they're kind of calling around looking for a solution. They've been linked to Chase Claypool on the Steelers. They've been linked to Jerry Judy on the Broncos, Brandon Cooks on the Texans. So it's just interesting to see the differences of Kansas City adding to a strength, making their strength even better versus Packers. They're make, looking to make a trade to save the team. Right. And I, and I think you're going to see Green Bay do some things because, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger, so you can't waste many years. So when he don't have guys that consistently get open and, and make plays, catch the ball, they're going to look to add guys. So they're going to look for people like Chase Claypool, right? Uh, they're going to look for Jerry Jewett. They're going to look for Brandon Cooks. They're going to look for some of those guys that's playing on 
you know, teams that's not doing so great right now that that have favorable contract situations that, you know, may need some assets in the draft or different things. They're going to look for those situations to try to get somebody because they may feel like they have a few pieces that they could be okay, but they need somebody. And they know we know that they need some wide receivers. It's not a secret. So I wouldn't look to see them adding a D lineman to Green Bay. They're going to be adding somebody on the offense that they can help score points, help Aaron Rodgers out. So that's not surprising at all. But for Kansas City, hey, man, if we can get another target, you know Patrick Mahomes loves targets. We can get another guy that can make plays. You know, you fall out of favor in one place, you get rejuvenated, you get to go to another, you know, place, and you're getting to play on an explosive offense. You're getting to play with Patrick Mahomes and all those other guys. Who knows, man? He could be a great addition to that offense. And for the Packers who are looking to add, life gets easier for them if the Broncos lose the Jaguars in London. Because there's been rumors leaked that if the Broncos lose to the Jaguars, then they will trade Bradley Chubb, the star edge rusher, before Tuesday. And you have to imagine that makes them more likely to trade away Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, both players that they've been getting call after call about from around the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it's basically saying if we lose on Sunday to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's what they're playing, right? Jaguars? Yeah, if we lose on Sunday to the Jaguars, the season's over, right? We're going to be two and six. We're not going to catch Kansas City. It's going to be over. So let's trade some of these guys, get some picks, and hopefully re-up for next year. Especially when you gave all those picks away for Russell Wilson. You have to recoup some of those assets. Russ, who does plan to play eight-hour flight. Apparently, he worked out for four of the eight hours on the flight, doing high knees on the plane while everyone else slept. Have you ever had a teammate like that? Because I think that would bother me trying to have a nap, and I'm just getting high knees and butt kicks next to my head. No, I never had anybody like that, but I don't think it bothered you because, I mean, you're on the plane. Those planes are huge, right? I mean. I mean, when you're flying to London, you're on one of those massive planes. I mean, you can be two rows up and you won't even know, like, what's going on behind you. You're asleep. Like, he didn't bother anybody. He probably had to tell them that he was doing high knees. They probably don't even know. Um, So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's, hey, man, I'm trying to get myself ready to go. I got a hamstring. I got things going on. And just sit down and get stiff on a 12-hour flight because it it has to be at least 12 hours from Denver. I think it was about it was about eight or nine for us from Detroit. So I'm sure it's a 10 to 11 from Denver. So it's a long flight. Get moving. Get get some stuff going. Like I don't have anything. I mean, if it helps him and he's ready to play. Because we can say what we want about Russ. I mean, he's going to give you the best chance to win. Whether he's playing great or not, he's probably going to give you the best chance to win. So that's what you got to do, Russ, get get it going. I think putting into context the size of the plane, because I'm thinking just, you know, a regular, you know how small regular flights the the Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm picturing. And it's it's like, oh, that would bother me. But no. You got to picture something else. You got to (laughs) picture A bedroom. Those planes are gigantic. Okay, that's fine then. Yeah, you're not gonna notice that. That just initial thoughts. It's ooh, that's that's strange, but makes sense. Makes sense. It all adds up. 
Final couple notes around the league. There's a lot of quarterback drama going on. Mac Jones is expected to start. Belichick hasn't announced it, but he's taking most of the reps in practice. Andy Dalton, the Saints have announced, will start. Jameis Winston is healthy-ish, but this isn't an injury-related decision. This is a football-related decision for Andy Dalton. Same with Matt Ryan being benched for second-year quarterback Sam Ellinger, who was a sixth-round draft pick last year. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you, talk, when you start talking about quarterback controversy, you're obviously talking about teams that aren't playing very well. That's really what it boils down to. So you look at all these teams, the Patriots, I mean, going back to Mac Jones, that right there, I, I don't really understand it. It's privilege. I mean, it is what it is. He hasn't performed well, but he was your first-round draft pick. Bailey Zappi was a guy that's been your, your backup, right? And on, on the outside, we may look at Bailey Zappi and feel a certain way, but on the inside, they may know, hey, man, we can't do all the things that we want to do with Bailey Zappi that we can do with Mac Jones. The problem is you're not winning with Mac Jones. And what happened is we saw on Monday night, Mac Jones makes one interception and the whole stadium is calling for Bailey Zappi. Why? Because the fans want to be exciting. They want to, they want to win. So if Bailey Zappi is what – we see is winning then that's what we want right um when you look at the saints and james winston and andy dalton like neither one of those guys are going to lead you to a super bowl it just is what it is james winston has had a problem turning the ball over his whole career right so but andy dalton hasn't done anything really either so i just think you just go on what for what like who's playing better today at the end of the day i don't think neither one of those guys are super game breakers. And then Matt Ryan getting benched, you know, they haven't performed in, 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 in Indy like they wanted, what they expected. I don't like Sam Ellinger, though. I mean, jeez. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but if they feel like he gives them a better chance. But I, I think I, I think this is probably one of those moves to, um, you know, Matt Ryan's going to be a pro. He's going to still work. He's going to still continue to do the things he needs to do to prepare because he know even though I got benched, I'm one hard sack away from being back out there again, right? This, this just is what it is. So it's not a situation where they're inactivating Matt Ryan and not cutting Matt Ryan. He's still going to be on the roster. So he's probably going to be dressed out as your backup quarterback. One hair trigger and Sam Mellinger's hurt, and Matt Ryan's right back in the saddle. So this could be a situation where they just looking like, hey man, we're gonna go with Sam Mellinger. We're gonna we're gonna set Matt down. Maybe that rejuvenates Matt. Maybe that gets him going, and then when he has to get inserted back into the lineup later in the season, because something will happen. It just is what it is. He'll be ready to go. I found it so interesting that a team that's three, three and one, only one game out of the AFC West would make this switch so early. But then you start hearing what happened behind the scenes where Jim Irsay called Frank Reich and Chris Ballard to his office for a closed door meeting. Next day, they announced Sam Ellinger as the starter. And some have started to believe there's incentive in Matt Ryan's contract where, or in the trade where if Matt Ryan plays a certain amount of snaps, then they have to give up a third instead of a fourth or something like that. So some think that might have something to do with it. Some think that Jim Irsay has told the coach and the GM, you guys are out no matter what. I want to see this kid play, so play him. Regardless, I mean, all those things are possible. Yeah, it's a wild ride in the NFL right now across the board. 
hopefully it's a little bit less wild, a little bit more tame for the Detroit Lions, and we can just enjoy a nice, happy Sunday for once. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I hope. I'll be watching. We'll be watching. We'll be keeping you up to date. Glover, before we get you out of here, do you have any pluggables to plug? Any final thoughts on the Lions, the NFL, or just the world in general? Oh, man, the world's a strange place right now, man. Hey, man, stay safe. Happy holidays coming up. Halloween's coming up. Be safe out there. Um, Protect yourself. Protect your kids. You know, Find something that you're passionate about, man. Stay off the internet. Stay off of Instagram. Stay off all these sites, man. And find something that you're passionate about and just pour into it and and separate yourself from all these negative things and negative vibes that's getting put in the air and getting put into all these people's spirits and things like that, man. It's a strange times that we're living in. So be safe. Protect yourself. Have fun. Enjoy the holidays. But be safe, man. Be safe. Happy Halloween. Make sure you check out our sponsors over at betonline.ag. Make sure you give us a like, a rating, review, and you come back for our next episode to talk about the Miami Dolphins, hopefully losing to the Detroit Lions in Detroit. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.